As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate. Cradio. Centenary Celebration at St. Peter's Parish. An interview with Eugene Raju. So I'm joined today by Eugene Raju. How are you going, Eugene? I'm well, thank you, Luke. <laughs> now... We're just talking today about uh, St. Peter's in Surrey Hills. They're coming up to 100-year anniversary, which is a pretty impressive feat. Um, do you want to tell me, obviously, usually with things like this, with a big birthday, you usually celebrate. Um, and you've got a couple of exciting things happening there. So, do you want to tell me a little bit about what's going on? For sure. Uh, we have a fairly thriving young people community in this in this parish. And uh, they've sort of got behind the centenary celebrations and the the impetus to kind of create events through the year uh, to promote the parish and the work of the parish, which um, is a bit unique in the diocese. Uh, This June or sort of the end of this month, uh, the 29th, I think, is the actual uh, day of the dedication, the 100th anniversary of the dedication of the church, the the parish, though, uh, has been established long before that. So there's an original building, uh, which we now affectionately refer to as the 1880 Hall, <laughs> that is on the mm. other side of the um, the church precinct. Uh, and the new church was built uh, around, well, uh, I think the, big, the the foundation stone was laid in 1917, as from what I have read. Uh, and the church was dedicated, I think, uh, the following year. So um, we're celebrating. We are having uh, events through the year, but especially this weekend, we are going crazy. <laughs> we're, mm. we're, so the, 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 the weekend of the, of the 29th, um, we are having a, uh, a solemn mass uh, at 4 p.m., uh, so for the anniversary of the dedication. And that mass will also feature... Uh, the St. Peter's Choir, who are a wonderful, dedicated bunch of young people. Uh, and they will also be presenting with an orchestra who are comprised of of friends uh, of the parish uh, and people that uh, have come in and out largely um, or are connected to us in some way. Um, so we're having a, a, a mass with orchestra. We'll be doing a setting by Haydn called the Missa Sancti Nicolae. Uh, that's on the 30th and I'll tell you some more about that in a second. But, um, then we're also following that with a parish dinner, which we're also trying to get as many people involved with as well. If you've had any affiliation with the parish whatsoever, (laughs) you are warmly invited. Um, I mean, everybody's invited, but, um, we're hopefully trying to get, go after the people that know the parish. And, uh, the following day we're holding a concert as well. So we have the regular Sunday liturgy at 1030. Um, which will also be sung, but then in the afternoon we are presenting a concert in partnership with Artes Christi. And Artes Christi is a sort of a resident organization at St. Peter's, and um, frequently I think uh, St. Peter's people will will help out with Artes Christi events, but uh, this is a sort of a a joint partnership of of a more official kind. So um, their choir, for instance, has last month presented um, the Messiah handles Messiah um, in the parish, and they've been presenting choral events over the last few years regularly. So we're sort of amalgamating our forces, and we're going to present with orchestra a concert, uh, which I I suppose espouses a Thanksgiving element. We are mm-hmm. we are presenting 
the Te Deum, which is the great the church's hymn of of thanksgiving in a very famous setting by Charpentier. Um, and we're doing that with an orchestra. We're also the St. Peter's Choir is also pre- presenting some other works that are uniquely Petrine, so they celebrate. Um, St. Peter, and I'll tell you some more about that in a, in a second. Now, obviously, you wanted to, to go a little bit more into into the particulars of those concerts. I mean, was was there a particular reason? You said there, obviously, St. Peter is a big theme there, particularly with that that uh, last concert that you mentioned. Yes. Um, but, but why exactly these were, were chosen for this occasion? Okay. Uh, well, actually, last year I, I coordinated the first um, – choir concert i suppose that we've been able to put together in recent times um the we wanted to start with a work that i felt was uh gonna show the choir off and also be a little bit outside of the sphere so um if you like uh you know the handel's messiah gets has now been presented every year in the parish for the last three years um as a as an event that artist christie hosts and i wanted to um, if you like, set set the St. Peter's program in a slightly different direction. Mm-hmm. So we did a work by, by Charpentier called Judith. Um, and those of you who don't know much about Charpentier, he's um, of kind of a unique uh, composer in the French Baroque tradition. Uh, in that he had a he had an Italian erudition, and he went over to Italy and mentored was mentored by Carissimi. And he came back to the French court and began to produce these very unique um, primitive oratorios, uh, which are on sacred themes. So we did a we did a concert um, on on the topic of the biblical character of Judith. Uh, and I think I don't know if it's fair to say that that concert was a <laughs> was may even have been a premiere of that work in this country. We also paired it with yeah. another one by um, Brossard, who is much less known. Unfortunately, he, he did produce a body of beautiful music. Um, but his most important gift to music is that he collated a library of contemporary French composers in um, the 17th century, which is like a national treasure of France. So we wouldn't actually have a lot of Baroque music, um, except that he had he had managed to put it in some semblance of order and bequeath it to the French court. So, um, so we, we paired those two, those two works together. And I thought that this could be the beginning of, a of, a, a kind of, a uh, a, a foray, a stylistic foray, and also a, a vehicle for the choir here who, um, has a very broad range of repertoire, but it's a little bit, um, outside of the regular, regular sphere. Uh, and I wanted that to be a unique selling point for us, but also um, a way of getting people involved with the parish as well. So we have we have friends who work with us every so often, and also um, they have friends sometimes who might just want to be involved with this kind of music. So it's a it's a form of outreach. And off the back of that, um, I went away overseas. Um, my deputy stepped in. That's Jared Horsfall, who's a wonderful, talented, passionate musician for this for this repertoire, especially. He put together a, a concert of works by William Byrd, which included the the mass of. Um, uh, mass for four voices and also some of his secular works as well so he he put a put together a program as well in my absence and that was that was a great exercise wonderful wonderful foray for the choir and then this time we've decided to put a work two works by charpentier in the same program and also some works by bird together um charpentier's most famous 
piece, I think it could be the, could be easily said, uh, is the Te Deum, which he actually wrote, I think, as many as six settings of the Te Deum, and not all of them survive. Um, and I think most of them were written in the late part of his career. So he was a kind of a house composer um, for, a, for a wealthy family in the early part of his career. And then he, he got an appointment at Saint-Chapelle in Paris. Uh, and he wrote this amazing setting, which has become popularized because it has a very famous trumpet solo at the beginning of it. And if anybody has heard of it, they will have likely heard that trumpet solo because um, that's been you know, taken and dispersed into the common currency of popular music. Um, so the, the prelude to Day Dayan is then followed by this, you know, immense, lavish, um, sonorous cor choral piece. And, uh, and it runs at about 25 minutes. And I thought this would be a, a good, effective thing. Firstly, because it kind of celebrates the nature of Thanksgiving. It's the official Thanksgiving prayer of the church. Mm. And, um, it would also be a, a, a good idea for us to combine forces with Ades Christi. And, you know, we can also do it in this kind of, intimate way with, you know, um, with an orchestra that's comparatively small, but, you know, it has a martial quality to it, very celebrated, celebratory, festive quality. Uh, and we're coupling that with a work called Le Reniment de Saint-Pierre, which is um, another one of these small primitive oratorios that he wrote, that Charpentier wrote in the early part of his career. And I kind of fell in love with that one first. Um, because he sort of has a bit of a prototype to the way he structures these small oratorios. And this is a setting of, um, if you feel like a dramatic setting of the, the denial of St. Peter. So it's, it's a smaller work. It's about 15 minutes long, roughly. And it just focuses in a very intimate way on the moment where Peter, um, St. Peter denied, denied Jesus. And it's beautifully, um, put together and he's got, he's got a very instinctive, dramatic, uh, character to all of his writing. And then um, Jared is going to lead the choir in the propers uh, for the feast of St. Peter's, St. Peter and Paul. So it's the feast of the day. And uh, he, these are a collection of four, four works from the Gradualia, which is William Byrd is a composer from the, the high uh, Renaissance uh, era in England where I suppose Catholicism was under persecution and he, um, I believe was a convert actually, but he managed to continue to espouse Catholicism and produce sacred works, um, for, for Catholic celebrations in his, somehow he, he managed to go under the nose of the authorities and never be, yeah. and never be, um, pers persecuted, uh, too directly, but he still managed to, to produce a, a great folio of, of certainly beautiful mass settings, but also of um, gradual, so, you know, the um, seasonal texts of the mass as well. So he's written um, settings of the, the propers for the Feast of Saints Peter and Paul. And that may even be a kind of a, a little bit of a thumbing of the nose to the authority to, <laughs> to authority as well. Um, so he's got these remarkable um, works, which are very ornate and decorative and complicated even like it's some of his most intensely, intensely written polyphony. Um, and Jared has a great passion for, for this stuff. So uh, he'll be leading the choir in these, in these propers, which are actually, they're actually quite a feat. Um, they've, they've been wonderful for the choir to explore, but also just to kind of be a celebration of St. Peter and um, the work of the parish uh, put together in one package. Hmm. Hmm. I guess, obviously, um, this is such a good celebration, not only of the parish, but also, I guess, of the parish's ability 
to, I guess, um, engage in culture. I guess it's it really shows that a parish isn't just about, you know, although this is the core of the parish, but the sacraments and, and the worship, but that that then outflows into an engagement with beauty and with with cultural beauty. Um, why do you think – you mentioned at the start of this interview, actually, that, that it's somewhat unique in the Sydney Archdiocese, um, this, this uh, parish. Why do you think that it has um, created such a situation where the parish has quite easily been able to produce something like this, you know, year on year, but particularly to, to this point um, with the centenary? Uh, there's a few factors in there. I, I – um, so for starters, of course, you know, the cathedral, St. Mary's Cathedral has uh, has a stunning music program. Mm, mm. Um, Thomas Wilson uh, has ha- has got wonderful people behind him there and fantastic chor- chor- choristers, also a very fantastically talented, brilliant man. Um, but cathedrals compete with cathedrals. So mm, the, mm. The, the idea that you have, um, you know, the, the cathedral is the center, the, the spiritual center of a city and then um, the, the standard of liturgy there has to be uh, has to be the standard by which you know everything else um, should be should should aspire. Um, that being the case, I think it is uh, a, a a thing or a, a sort of a a, um, a phenomenon that you know when you have um, a city, or especially a major city, a major cosmopolis that the individual parishes within a city should should certainly mm-hmm. certainly all parishes should offer good liturgy um but very often um there has been a, a culture especially uh, coming out of europe where the, the the major inner city parishes have been great little cultural hubs and mm-hmm. um often uh not a i don't want to say the selling point it's like a they become a little oasis for um, for beauty and outreach in the community, and music is celebrated as a as a way of of coming into uh, contemplate the mysteries of of the gospel. I mean, if you go to any of the big cosmopolises in Europe, um, you'll go in there and you'll look at these churches, and they're kind of museum pieces, if you like, because you you go and you have the you know they're just clad from from top to bottom with art. Mm. But in addition to that, um, you know, the art is there to kind of draw you into the the, the sacred quality and, and the mysterious quality of 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 our spirituality and and our religion, but um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't unknown, and it was, I suppose it's always been the thing um, coming out of the West that you know you go into the church, but you you have a you have a feast for the senses, and um, especially like uh, with Philip Neary's tradition, like the the uh, the oratory tradition, is where you have a celebration of music as well, and that's part mm. of your cultural outreach and, um, you know, having, having joy in, uh, in our Lord and, um, being able to kind of experience God in a, um, in a way that's outside of the liturgy as well. Hmm. Um, and draws, continues to draw your focus into the beauty of God. Um, I was, I was in Queensland recently and they've got a wonderful oratory over there and some wonderful musicians hmm. as well. And, um, that's very much part of their ethos that was being explained to me because of um, Philip St. Philip Neri's association with Palestrina, who's one of the um, one of the great standards of of, of uh, polyphony in the, in the era of the Renaissance. Um, but we're trying to do our own little thing in St. Peter's, and um, I think 
you know, I, I was spent some time in, in Europe last year. You know, you go to Vienna, you go to the big cathedral of St. Stephen's and they've got their, um, their resident choir and they do wonderful stuff there, but you go down the road to the, the, the chapel of the court and they're presenting, um, one of the big Viennese mass settings with a, with an orchestra and, um, a boys choir and everything else. And that's just an accepted thing because that's, mm. what, you know, they, they, they're preserving, um, the great, the great cultural legacy of their, of their city in this. Um, I'm just going to touch on, um, that what, what I was reading this through the week about the history of the parish and the original building that I spoke to you about, uh, the 1880 hall, uh, mm-hmm. which was initially the great foresight was, was had that they decided that they would build a school building first where the mass could be offered until they could, they could then afford mm-hmm. for the church mm-hmm. to be built. Um, and even there were records around this time of, you know, the resourcefulness of these pioneering, um, Catholics, especially Irish Catholics who were able to present on the major feast days of the year, a mass with orchestra and, and including like, you know, settings by Mozart and, and Weber and this sort of thing. Uh, and this was remarked upon that they, um, I think within the first 10 years of the parish's existence, they had. The, there was at St. Peter's, little St. Peter's in Sydney, um, the one of the most formidable choirs in the diocese, um, for just for number of personnel and their competency to be able to produce these things uh, on a semi-regular basis, and you know present them with orchestra, which is like, is like mm. knowing the di- <laughs> dimensions of that hall. I'm imagining all of these Catholics amassed in this tiny, in, in this very narrow yes. hall where there's an orchestra there and there's a you know an altar as well. You know, it's a sort of a, a multi-purpose building. And um, this is this is sort of incredible. So we're we're trying to continue that legacy and um, make our own little uh, cultural oasis and a form of community out outreach, especially with um, especially with the young people in the parish who are amazingly motivated. Um, I mean, I said that we're doing these concerts, but they're also throughout the year they've been organising um, lectures and catechesis and. Um, mm. uh, programs for um and seminars throughout the year constantly i've, I've mentioned the dinner as well but they have every year at, at the, for the last four years we've been fundraising for an organ for the parish um and mm-hmm. they've had a had a <laughs> had a saint patrick's um irish dance here which uh, attracts an enormous amount of youth throughout the diocese um and that's been extraordinarily successful for us but you know in, in terms of our greater outreach that's bringing more people here um and they kind of get a sense of this this little island of of beauty and um you know and it's it's uh, uh our lord's home here as well um mm. the name, the word parish means house of the father so it's uh, a place where you come to to have a sense of community and um and uh, belonging mm. Uh, and I think that's definitely the spirit that we've that we've tried to capitalize on, um, yeah, and it's a, it's just a sort of a soft landing for a lot of a lot of young people here as well. Mm. I think once you're once you get involved here, it's it's easier to kind of just stick around. Um, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's great stuff, Eugene. Um, whereabouts can people go? Is there anything on Facebook or anything like that that people can check out? Some events, the the ones that that are coming up for for this centenary. Absolutely. I'm glad you asked. So all of the events, uh, so the Haydn, Mrs. Sancta Nikolai and the, obviously that's free because it's a mass, um, yep, but yep. Uh, we're having a, a dinner that night uh, on the 30th. 
Um, Mass Sunday Morning, which is also, you know, available for everybody, and the concert as well. The concert is uh, $15 and $10 for students. From memory, uh, you may need to double-check me on this. The the price of the dinner, I think, is about $50 or $45, I think. You, there's a reduced rate if you go to the concert as well, so you, mm -hmm. you kind of get some money knocked off it. Um, but that is available through Try Booking, and also there are individual events for all of these for all of these happenings on Facebook as well, which are all public. So you can, um, you can click attending and, um, bring your mom and bring, bring your family and bring your friends. Um, the information is available all on Facebook and, uh, I, yeah, there's a try booking link on, on all of those pages. Wonderful. Great stuff. Well, thank you very much for joining me, Eugene. And yeah, thanks for, for your help in putting this on. It sounds like a, a great event and a great way, you know, not just to um, to celebrate the parish, but also, yeah, that outreach as well to, to bring people together uh, and to, to celebrate and to worship. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Luke, and supporting our, uh, our little endeavor as well. No worries. <laughs> okay. God bless. That was Eugene Raggio with Centenary Celebration at St. Peter's Parish. For more talks, interviews and shows, visit radio.org.au.